Well, during these last four weeks, the season of Lent, we've been focusing on God's light. God's light unfolding around us and before us. God's light unfolding in the world, in our lives. Focusing on how God continues to shine light into our lives. And it's wonderful the fact that our days are, beginning lo- are getting longer, the mornings, the evenings, especially in the evening time, we're having more daylight. So it is lighter. We're feeling that sense of lightness. Even though I have to confess, yesterday was pretty doggone gloomy. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was, it was bad, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> We've been looking at and we have seen that God desires to bring light and brightness and clarity into our lives. That God does not want to leave us in the darkness. He doesn't want to have us stumbling around the darkness. Does anybody like to stumble around the darkness? Not me. I had an experience just recently as I was on vacation. The drapes were pulled. There was no ambient light. All of a sudden, it's like, it's really dark in here. And as I got up in the middle of the night, it's like, okay, there's the refrigerator. All right, there's the blank spot. Okay, there's the dresser, because I did not want to kick the roommate, her bed, nor did I want to stub my toe. It's like, okay, now I can go straight across into bed. Stumbling in the dark is just no no fun. It isn't at all. But we have seen how, how walking through the, as we've been walking now through the Gospel of John, exploring the different stories, the themes of light and darkness, of life and death. That has been our focus during this Lenten season. Several weeks ago, Pastor Ben explored the story of Jesus meeting with Nicodemus in the private place at night, revealing himself as the light of the world. And that same light that continues to shine today to all who would respond, following that beacon of love and grace, forgiveness, and abundant life to the side of Christ himself. And then Chris, a couple, Pastor Chris, a couple weeks ago, explored the story of Jesus and the blind man, asking us to consider, what does it mean to be blind? to stumble around in the darkness ourselves. Today, we are turning to the 11th chapter of John, and Steve read a portion of that chapter for us just a moment ago, and read a portion of our story, the story of Lazarus. His story of moving from darkness into light. Let's review a little bit more about what do we know about Lazarus. He was the brother of Mary and Martha. He lived in a town of Bethany. Jesus had spent a lot of time in their home with them. He had eaten a number of meals with them. It was a time and a place where he could go for comfort and for rest, to be replenished himself. Jesus himself calls Lazarus our friend one of the few times in scripture that Jesus refers to a specific person as friend in this way. And in verse 11 of chapter 11, Jesus said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. Now, three times in the gospel in this verse, in chapter, does does John, uh, does Jesus refer and talk about the love of Lazarus? The first time actually is in verse three when the sisters are declaring, the one Jesus, the one whom you love is sick. 
The second time is in verse 5, where the author, John, says, Now Mary, excuse me, now Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Jesus loved them dearly. And the third time is at the end of that chapter, verses 35 and 36, when Jesus wept at the tomb. And even as Jesus is weeping, as he's seeing Mary and Martha weeping, the Jews around and those gathered around say, see how he loved him? It is evident by Jesus' personality. It is evident by his presence how much Jesus loved Lazarus. Now, as the story began, and as we picked it up, Lazarus is sick. And the light is beginning to fade, and the darkness is beginning to increase. It is beginning to creep in around the edges. This is not just some ordinary cold. This is serious business. For Mary has sent word to Jesus immediately that her brother is sick. Many, if not most of us, have been there. We have gotten that urgent call in the middle of the night when a family member or a close, close friend has gone ill, has been hospitalized, has been critically hurt in an accident, has just received news of a serious health diagnosis, or has been put on hospice. When we get those calls, that news jolts us and takes our breath away. It causes perhaps our heart to race. We feel weak and we feel numb all over. And yet our minds begin to race and it is filled with questions. What's going on? What can I do? How can I get there? The lightness of the day, the activities that just happened a moment ago, seem to stop. They fade away. They are forgotten. And even as the air and the space around us seems to close in, as darkness creeps in from the edges, we are caught in that darkness. Some of us can still recall the moment where we were standing or sitting when such a call came or such a situation arose. And as Steve read for us in the scripture, that dreaded, unwanted news. On Jesus' arrival, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Jesus, Jesus found out his friend, his dear friend, was dead. The last faint sliver of light goes out as the curtain and the darkness of death descends like a moonless night. It descends upon Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Life and light had at that moment been extinguished for them. As death and darkness had descended upon them and enveloped them, taken over them in grief and loss. Each of us at some point in our own lives will experience death. We will experience loss of this nature. At some time in our life, we will each experience the death of a loved one or our own death. It will happen. There's no way around it. Each of us will experience many other forms of loss throughout our lives too. The loss of a pet, the loss of a friend, 
could be through death, but it could also be their friend has moved away. Loss of dreams, loss of hopes, loss of mobility, loss of independence, loss of a relationship, loss of a home, loss of a job. Each and every one of these will come upon us in some way, shape, or another throughout our lives, or we will know somebody that it has happened to. The light fades and the darkness creeps in, sometimes for a little while, and sometimes it is for a long period of time. And as we find ourselves at that moment, we find that we stumble around in the darkness at that point in time, unable and unsure of where it is that we need to go, unsure of where it is that we can find the stability again. And if that were the end of our story, it'd be pretty dismal. Oh, things will be different after those events, for sure. Things will always be different as they go forward. And yet it is with every ending, there are new beginnings. And fortunately, with the story of Lazarus, as it is with our story, this is not the end of the story. We know that. Lazarus, in Hebrew, means God has helped. And that is exactly what we see unfolding in the rest of the story. Jesus says in verse 11, Jesus says to his disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. So it was not a surprise to Jesus that Lazarus was ill. It was not a surprise to, Lazar to Jesus that Lazarus was actually going to be dying. His disciples replied to him, Lord, if he is asleep, he will get better. But Jesus had been speaking about his death but his disciples thought that he meant natural sleep. And so then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm so glad that I was not there so that you may believe. God does not want to leave us in the dark. God does not want to leave us stumbling around in that darkness God desires to bring light and the brightness and the clarity to our lives. When Jesus encounters Martha, he inquires about her faith. He wants to know if she is stumbling in the darkness because our faith, our souls, what is happening inside of us are so important to God. They are the most important thing. Our soul is most important. And so before Lazarus is raised, it is a time of dispelling grief. Jesus checks the condition of Martha's faith and elicits the act of faith. Do you believe? In verses 25 and 27, Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? She replies, yes, Lord, I do. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. She declares her faith without question. 
even in the midst of her grief and even in the midst of her loss, even in the midst of her dark, deep darkness, the darkness of death of her brother, she is able to see and confirm that God's light is so much stronger and brighter, that God desires to bring light and brightness and clarity back into her life and ours. And then we read that Jesus prays and thanks God for hearing his prayer. He says, God, I knew you would act. I knew you would do this, but I'm praying so that they might know as well. Then Jesus orders the gravestone to be rolled away. And we have a tomb that is here for us. And, ha- and as all of the early tombs, they're not always very pretty. There's no flashy gravestone because it is meant to be a place initially of death. As Jesus was there, he says, move the gravestone, let it be rolled away. And then Jesus calls out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Can you imagine what that might have been like to be there? Can you imagine what it might have been like, Lazarus, who has been dead for four days, all of a sudden is hearing his name. He is hearing his name and he is hearing the command that he is supposed to come out of that grave, out of that tomb. It cannot hold him anymore. Can you imagine what it was like for the others that were there, for Mary and Martha and the rest of them that had come and followed them out there to hear Jesus' booming voice, Lazarus come out, and then to see as the stone is rolled away that he comes out. And of course, Jesus says, remove the grave clothes. He doesn't need them anymore. He's alive. He's with us. To witness this stunning event by the one who is sovereign over death, to witness Lazarus, who was once dead, walking, walking out of that grave from death to life, from darkness into light. That day, God brought light into the dark tomb of death. God shattered the darkness of death. God brought light into the darkness of loss, of pain, and God brought brightness to the places that only knew loss, pain, and darkness. This miracle was not only for Lazarus. It was not only for Mary and for Martha. This miracle would help the disciples to know that Jesus was, in fact, the Savior. This story, through this story, the Bible delivers a very powerful message to us and to the rest of the world and all that we'll hear. As we look on the tomb coming from where we sit, we know, we know that that is a foreshadowing of our wonderful Easter morning celebration of another resurrection that will take place. 
when the brightness of God will truly shine with the message that Jesus Christ has power over death. And those who believe in him will also receive resurrection and resurrection life. God's desire for each and every one of us and God is able to bring death to life, darkness to light, to transform and to turn all of that around, not leaving us to stumble in the darkness. Let us pray. Our gracious God, help us to have the faith of Mary and Martha that even in the most uncertain and untragic of times, that you will always be with us, standing beside us, to our left and to our right, that you are always going before us, you're always watching us, that you will never, ever leave us. Lord God, even when it seems like you are not doing anything, just as you paused and didn't go immediately to Lazarus. You may be doing more than we can ever imagine. Help us to see your glory when it comes and as it shines so brightly that we might not stumble around in the darkness. We pray this in your name. Amen.